This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back. Glad you're joining us. And today we're going to be getting into how... A husband's porn addiction or issues with sex addiction or adultery affects his wife. And I'm going to begin by reading some public comments on our website, people who have commented on some of the articles on our blog. And this is written by a woman. I have been married for two years. I discovered my husband's porn addiction on our honeymoon night. I told him to go to the bathroom and wait on me to get dressed up. And while I was in the room sprinkling rose petals on the bed, lighting candles and getting dressed up, my husband was in the bathroom masturbating to porn. I've tried to forgive him, but it's so hard. Flashbacks of that night keep coming back. How could he love me and do that to me on our honeymoon? I've tried to give him an opportunity to change, but he's still doing it. He gets very angry and defensive whenever I bring it up. I don't know what to do. And then I have another comment that I want to read you from another wife. She had been married quite a bit longer. She writes, I am one of those wives whose husband has turned to pornography. We have been married 25 years. Six years ago, we stopped having sex. I discovered my husband's porn addict habit when he left me his cell phone one day. I started messing with the phone and found his pornography had been viewing. It has been hell for me since then. I was out of control and and then hospitalized with a mental breakdown. He's been to individual marriage counseling but to no avail. I've spoken to lawyers about divorce several times. This has all been like a knife in my back. I have never disappointed, disrespected, or cheated on my husband. He was my world. I don't think he gets it and is in denial. He thinks I'm going to forgive him, but I can't. I did everything a wife should do for the person she loved, and he betrayed me. He was selfish, and he didn't care that this would destroy me. I will be damaged for the rest of my life. We get phone calls like this from women all the time who are married to men, Christian men in the church at every level from the senior pastor down to those who are in the pews. And those women often are just are sobbing. They're crying their eyes out. They've gone other places maybe to get help and it didn't go well. And they're looking for somebody who, who will help them and list, just listen to them and and the tragic thing about what we see here is more often than not, they've gone to a church and not only did it not help, but it 
had ended badly, we we hear that some pastors, some counselors don't feel that pornography is adultery. And how can you justify this if you spend any time in God's Word and you look at Matthew 5, which says, if a man looks at a woman to lust, he's committed adultery. And when you're looking at pornography, you're looking at naked people committing sex and you're in full-blown lust. There's no way you can justify that. Some pastors, they pull the submit button. Well, your husband, even though your husband has a porn addiction, you need to submit to him. And I'm talking about marriages that have had pornography in them for decades where the husband has done nothing to get help, not gone to groups, not done anything, and the pastor's basically saying, well, he doesn't have to get help. He doesn't have to change. You just have to stuff it and and deal with it. And I've sat across from wives who were told, you just need to forgive him and move on, which, which, which all of this is spiritual abuse. Because what you're telling them is you just need to stuff your feelings and get over it. But when you've had a knife stuck in your back like that woman, one woman wrote, you just can't get over that. I will tell you straight out that it takes a wife years to heal. Not weeks, not months. It takes them years. And even after many years, I'm talking about even after a decade, that wound is still there and can be triggered at times. And then we hear of women who have said that they've been accused of being the problem with their husband's porn problem because they weren't giving him enough sex. So let me set the record straight now. A lust problem will never, ever be fixed, and it cannot be fixed by intercourse in the marriage. You, can, you could be the perfect playboy model and, you know, the knockout, perfect body, and it still wouldn't satisfy him because lust always leaves a man emptier than before. So he's still going to have that hunger until that lust hunger, that lust pull is broken and dealt with. You're not going to be able, he cannot get a fix from marital intercourse. And some men have the idea that, well, then, you know, I'm going to fix my lust problem after I get married. And the truth is that marriage makes that, that battle much harder. I had that same illusion right before I got married that once I can have God-sanctioned marital sex, it was going to solve all my problems, but it made it 10 times worse because once you got get married and now you have to start learning how to work with your spouse and how to deal with their flaws and your flaws and communication issues and all the strife that comes, what that does is exposes your true coping mechanism. And so if you've defaulted to, to lust, then you're going to go right back to that. That's exactly what I did. <clears throat> So I want to get into how this affects the woman, how this affects the wife, chemically, emotionally, and spiritually. A lot of women suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I've known of wives like that one who I wrote who ended up in a psych ward. I know of one wife, and these are Christians, who walked in on her husband while he was in their marriage bed having sex with a prostitute, and she just snapped when that happened, and she ended up in the psych ward. It is very traumatic 
for them. I know of women who've ended up on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. A lot of women struggle with depression, deep depression, and anxiety. There's the spiritual battle, and I can't emphasize this enough because when a woman has been traumatized like this, the enemy comes in and attacks viciously from day one. You weren't enough for him. Or let's just say she came out of a church. You see what they said? You didn't give him enough sex. This is your fault. You didn't submit to him. You didn't obey God's word. This is your fault. It's your fault. They pound the wife that over and over. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and a lot of the emphasis is put on what's the husband going through, and the wife gets left out. And unfortunately, a lot of men blame their wives, and they add to that with the manipulation, the blaming, and the guilt. And so the enemy comes in and pounds, pounds out on it even more and compounds it. A lot of women struggle with shame. We think of men struggling with shame and porn addiction, but it's just as much for the wife. And what they go through is, I wasn't enough for him. I didn't have the whatever, the perfect body for him. I, if, he, if I was enough for him, he wouldn't do these other things. And then there's also the social stigma or the fear of being looked upon as that woman who wasn't enough for her husband, so he turned to porn. So shame soaks her and hurts, hits her just as much as does her husband. A lot of people don't realize this. A lot of these women <coughs> are lonely. The first words we often hear from men and women who come to us for help is, I have no one to talk to. And I think that is such a tragedy in our churches where a lot of them aren't safe and our people are isolated. And that isolation can be like a trap because once you've bought into the idea that I cannot reach out for help because if I do, I'm going to get spiritually abused, or I'm going to be ostracized, or I'm going to be judged, preached at, or condemned. That loneliness is a horrible place to be in. And so isolation is a, is a big battle for these, for these ladies too. And if you're, if you're a wife and you're listening to my words right now, please do not sit there with a torn up heart especially you've been alone, and if you haven't reached out for help, please give us a call. We have a wonderful lady whose name is Sandy England. She's been through what you've been through. Her marriage is recovered. Her marriage came close to the edge of divorce. She doesn't preach. She doesn't judge. She doesn't quote verses at you. She'll listen to you. She'll let you pour your heart out. She can relate to you. She'll also walk with you. And she'll help you see your blind spots and move you toward healing with the Lord. So our contact information is the end of this show. Please reach out and give us a call. Please don't sit there in isolation anymore. It's dangerous for you to sit with all that pain and anger and bitterness and fear and frustration to let it simmer in your heart. It just it, What it'll do is it'll poison you. Broken self-esteem. A lot of women in my wife, talked about this it shatters their self-esteem because now in their mind they have to compete 
with something that is impossible to compete with, which it is, pictures. You know, if it's if the husband has a porn problem, then it's pictures. And how how can a woman compete with pictures of the perfect body? And that's why several weeks ago I went into what is the porn industry about and reminding you that the actors and actresses in those films hate each other. It's a destructive thing. And so, ladies, you do not ever compare yourself to that stuff. Even though you may feel the pull to you, have to. it goes back to who are you? What is your identity? And when we're working with women, we take them back to first. Who are you? You are a beloved daughter of the living God. Your husband's issues with sexual sin and lust must not define who you are. You have to go back to that every time that you're attacked with broken self-esteem or fear or doubt, or even if you hear somebody in the church saying stupid to you, saying something stupid to you, you have to realize you are God's beloved daughter and you have to park yourself on that identity. You are not wife of a sex addict. That's the truth. And what we see with a lot of these women, I saw it with my own wife when we were recovering, is they're on emotional yo-yo. They'll be angry and ready to take a baseball bat to their husband's head one moment, and the next moment they're ready to collapse and break down in the room sobbing. That's part of what happens when a wife has been betrayed and the trauma they go through. It tears up their emotional state. So, man, as you're walking through your wife, if she's going through that, what we try and coach men is you have to be patient with her. This is going to take quite a long time. And a big mistake a lot of men make is when they go to their wives and say, hey, when are you going to get over this? This takes years to heal from. One of the worst and most abusive things you can say, anyone can say, husband or somebody at the church, is when are you going to get over this? That doesn't mean that the wife doesn't have a responsibility to move towards healing. That doesn't mean she can just stay parked in the mud of the misery, but you don't go to her and say, when are you going to go over this? Because what you're really saying is, I don't have the patience for you. Your heart doesn't matter. You should just buck up and get used to it and deal with it and move on. If you had somebody who plunged a nine-inch stiletto in your back, how long do you think it would take you to recover from that, especially if it was your best friend? Once you got over the shock at finding out who had done it, there's the physical pain and there's also the spiritual pain and the emotional pain and everything you're going through with that. That takes a long time to heal what I feel from. <clears throat> One of the biggest battles that women fight going through this is fear. The enemy attacks them mercilessly with fear darts. Fear of, what is my husband doing? Is he looking at porn right now? So if the husband's at work and maybe he's a few minutes late, he's caught in traffic, the enemy start walking up to her and say, what do you think he's doing right now? Do you think he's parked looking at porn on his phone? Do you think he stopped off at a stripper bar? That's the spiritual battle. And then she's got her own fears and insecurities. So when you combine those, it makes it very difficult to overcome if you don't understand what's going on. So 
what we do is we take you back to um, when it comes to your husband and dealing with the battle of fear and the trigger of fear is to give him to the Lord every day. God, I have no control over what my husband does. God, I'm turning to you right now. Lord, this is too much for me. I can't carry this. I'm struggling with fear right now, Lord. Would you please come into my heart and give me the rest you promised? You said to trust you with all my heart and soul. So, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I may not be able to trust my husband right now, but, God, I'm going to trust you to take care of me and to do what you need to do with my husband. Fear is always the opposite of faith. The two are the opposite ends of the spectrum. So if you're going through, ladies, if you're going through a lot of fear attacks, you've got to realize you're in a, the fight for your life because what the enemy tries to do is keep you paralyzed in fear. If he can keep you paralyzed in fear, you don't have a shot at healing. You don't have a shot at hearing his voice. And then what will happen is they'll sabotage every attempt to heal your relationship with your husband because you'll filter everything through the lens of fear. And there will be times he has done nothing wrong, but you're in terror. And if you're a terror at that point, you may lash out at him in false accusation, and the whole thing just goes downhill. So it's important to realize on your side that you're at a big spiritual battle, ladies, when it comes to dealing with fear. And again, this is why it's so critical for women that you do not walk this alone. You have to have another woman that you're speaking to or meeting with once a week, every week. You have to be able to go to another woman saying, I'm really struggling with fear this week. My self-esteem is in pieces. Somebody who's safe, who you can cry with, who you can be angry with, somebody you can bleed all that poison out with, somebody who can walk with you. You need somebody who's not your husband. A lot of mistakes some people make on both sides is they, they expect the, the spouse to be the source of their healing, and that is not happening. There are certain things that you have to do in your relationship to learn to work together and to communicate, but you do not want to put all the pressure of your recovery on your spouse. In the wife's case, he is the one who hurts you. He cannot be the source of your healing. You two will work together to heal as I mentioned, but you cannot look to him to be the total source of your healing. He's not God. The only one who can heal you at the deepest recesses of your heart is the Lord. And you have to realize that the Lord is the one you're going to be look, re- leaning on hard um, the most. He's got to be the foundation of your life. And so what sometimes happens as we're working with women, sometimes what we see is that this whole trauma has exposed what their relationship with God really looks like. If you've been going to church and playing religious games and you've not really been connected with him very well, suffering exposes what our relationship with the Lord looks like. And that's both a hard and a good side. The good side is that a lot of women who recover from this, they get closer to the Lord than they've ever been in their life because they have to draw near to him to keep their sanity, to shut down the attacks of fear, to deal with the anger and the bitterness, to deal with everything that they're fighting against. He is the source of your life, not your husband. 
And sometimes, and even in my own marriage, what happens is the wife has made the husband a sort of idol, like that one woman who said, I made you my everything. Well, don't make your husband your everything ever because <laughs> we're broken men with with the sick flesh just like everyone else. You cannot make another human being your everything. I understand that it's deeply painful. Absolutely. You know, that's why you hurt so much. But you cannot make him your everything. The Lord has to be the one who's your everything. He's the one that will bring healing to you. Comparing. Some women struggle big time with comparing themselves to other women, how they dress, how they look, how they talk. Ladies, you have to go back to who, who you are and what your role is. You are your husband's wife. You are his greatest gift. You are a beloved, beloved daughter of the living God. You have to go back to who you are. What has happened sometimes through all this is the enemy trashes your identity. You weren't, you know, you are nothing. And so then that that's the fear coming out again. I have to compare myself to make sure I'm measuring up to somebody else. You fight that game and you will lose it every single time. So you have to stand on who you are and what your identity is. And even if your husband does not today understand the precious gift that you are, guess who does understand that? The God who gave you to him. So you have to keep going back to, when you go back to these suffering, the suffering and the trials and the fear, you have to root yourself in the truth of who you are as God's beloved daughter. There is a big risk for women who don't reach out and get help and heal. And that risk is that their heart goes, they fall so far in despair and the discouragement or they let the bitterness and the anger fester for so long that their heart turns into a rock. They get furious at God Lord, what did you do? You gave me this man who's a sex addict. You knew what he was. You knew what he was going to do. You knew what he was, how he's going to hurt me. And they, the danger is if, if you let this go unfettered and unresolved, there are some women who, who just start backing off from God wanting nothing to do with him. I know one woman who turned to Buddhism. She let her heart go hard, that hard. This is a very dangerous time for you ladies. You Dare not walk this journey alone. Please let us help you. We have wives groups, and we in individual counseling for wives. I do individual counseling for wives. I do individual count or counseling for couples. This is what we do, and we're blessed to be able to, to lead couples and individuals and wives to healing. And I'm going to leave off by touching the other thing that, that women struggle with a lot, and that is anger and bitterness. And anger is a place that you want to visit, but you don't want to live there. So you want to express your anger and express your hurt. You don't stuff it. You don't deny it. But at some point, if you want to release it, that means you're going to, have to a place, come to a place of forgiveness. That doesn't mean your husband coerces you into it. That mean, don't mis doesn't mean you get guilt-tripped into it. But at some point, if you want peace in your heart, you're going to have to forgive him and release him from his sin. And forgiveness and trust are two different things. And just because you forgive him does not mean he owes you trust. 
So ladies, please call us. Let us know how we can pray for you. And we'll look forward to hearing from you. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.